If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, for the first 47 minutes, we do our introductory conversation. First, Adam talks about his almond and coconut milk gold juice. I can't take the credit for that. That's you, man. Pre-bed sleep aid. That shit works, though. It does work. Adam copied me again. Look, if you go to Organifi.com forward slash Mind Pump and enter the code Mind Pump, you'll get 20% off the gold juice and any other organic supplement that Organifi offers. Then we talk about Justin's rude awakening something Whoa. woke him up in the middle of the night it was <laughs> very rude i hope your wife doesn't listen to this episode <laughs> i hope she doesn't ever. Either. i'm not gonna have sex for a whoop, while whoop. ever yeah. you're done yeah. uh then we talk about robert obers and his uncanny and frighteningly fast foot speed <laughs> in map strong <laughs> it's a very impressive and very scary all at the same time if you have the program the map strong program that we just launched you can watch robert obers do all the exercises and some of these movements highlight the guy's agility, even though like, he's 300. He's coming to get you. It is what ma- makes him unique in that sport because that's one of the things that not a lot of those guys can move like he can. Man. So awesome. Yep. Then we talk about super slow-mo training uh, and comparing the effectiveness of fighting techniques. Adam's talking about how he could beat up a small jujitsu guy because he's bigger than them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Throwing that out there. <laughs> then we talk about the evolution of Mind Pump TV and Justin using his PRX gym yeah. to groove in his lifts. He's not dancing. He's actually working in the groove Sometimes and mastering. I do in between sets. His, I want to see that. Yeah. Uh, now, PRX is one of our sponsors. They make that gym equipment that folds into the wall. Uh, we got a 5% off discount for you. They also have a month-to-month option. It's pretty awesome. If you go to prxperformance.com forward slash mind pump and use the promo code mind pump, you get 5% off and a free Maps Prime The program. Workout at Home Revolution. With the purchase over $500. Then we get into the questions. The first question was, how do you know if you're getting stronger during a program without progressively overloading? Sounds like an obvious answer, but we actually get this question all the time. Next question was, this person is trying to gain weight, but they want to make sure that the extra calories go to their butt. Oh, yeah. And not to their belly. Doesn't everybody. Great plan. Yep, just like Justin. Yeah. And the next question <laughs> He's was- this. has been working. Do we think it's super important that people are good at something or have a skill before they promote themselves all over social media? Because now we're seeing all these insta-famous people who act like experts but don't know anything. Nah, uh, just look good. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people with half a million followers who tell people to work out like crazy and say that they're all natural but they're actually on steroids. Those kind of people- that need. doesn't happen. So. Never happens. No. Those kind of people not providing lots of value. We talk about how you can find value in social media. And the final question, does this person need to train their internal and external rotators of their shoulders, you know, the stabilizer muscles, even though they're obviously super strong and bench press <laughs> Stupid. 325 pounds at 165? Yes, you do. Training your stabilizers will make you stronger. We break it down in that part of the episode. Also, there's only... 48 hours left, two days left for the MAPS Strong launch promotion. It's $30 off. Use the code STRONG30, S-T-R-O-N-G, the number 30, at mapsstrong.com. Hey, so I stole something from you, and I got I to gotta plug our sponsor because it's so fucking good, man. What did you steal? The, the, <laughs> you the thief. The heating up the almond milk 
And and I have I don't know if you have this or not, but I have a whisker too, which makes it fucking the next level if you haven't done this yet. I got a whisker biscuit. So I I, <laughs> I heat up the and I have almond coconut milk by Silk, yep, which is bomb. Yep, that's the one. So I get the, I heat that up, uh-huh. and then I just do one scoop of the gold juice, mm. and then I whisk it up. It's so good, it's bro. Really good. It's yeah. silly good. And, it's, and I've, what I've been noticing. Delicious. So last night I made the mistake, and I knew well, I didn't make the mistake. I knew what I was doing. We had we met. Doug, um, Doug and I met later on in the evening, and so I was kind of tired from the shoot all day long, and and so I pounded a freaking caffeine drink at like six o'clock. Oh, terrible idea! I know, oh, and I, I know that you know what I'm saying, but I was like, I, you I had to. I wanted to be up for the meeting, and I didn't want to be dragging ass in that. I was right. like, I'll just I'll pay the consequences. Sometimes you kind of have to, right? That was kind of my my thought process. But I tell you what, I freaking had that right before bed because I I got I was Katrina's like. Could you settle down and go to bed on the con? I had the caffeine right before. I'm probably not going to sleep. I said, maybe I'll go for a walk. She's like, no, get in bed and relax. I'll, I'll rub you a little bit. Hey. And I get in bed. Ding dong. And uh, I was like, you know what? Let me let me have that. And I had it the night before, and it was really good. And it did, I thought, help me sleep. But I'm like, well, maybe I was just tired that night. Let's. This will be the test. like Because I know I'm fucking on caffeine right now. This settles me down and helps me sleep. And sure as shit, dude. I fucking fell I'm right to sleep you, like a little baby. I'm telling it's you, a I'm magical like, potion. I think it's something to do too with like the heating up the almond milk. You know, uh, yeah, like you the, get the nice, warm, comforting. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Like there, the there's ingredients in the gold juice that help you sleep. That's what it's for. It's designed mm, to make yeah. you relax. Courtney swears by it. I had her start doing that uh, for anxiety and just like she gets really anxious before bed and like it's really helped with Well, that. you know me, I'm skeptical as fuck, you know, so whenever Sal says something or puts something out there, I know I'm like, oh, whatever, I'll get to Til it. Till this day, it's all been correct though. Till this day. <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Still remain skeptical. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. At some you point. You keep that edge, yeah, Adam. Right, Don't yeah. lose it. I'm no, waiting for mean? the time when Adam's yeah. just like, I'm just going to try. Never. Uh, even, <laughs> once you do that, then Katrina even calls me out. Katrina yeah. even calls me out on stuff all the time. She's just like, you just, because you always want to do the opposite of what Sal's doing. So, so someone has to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody has to definitely do that. We're all contrarians on some level. The day you stop being skeptical is when I'm going to fuck with you. Yeah. Like, hey, Adam, you know, if you do Pilates. It'll help your yeah. physique. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's the it's the lemon balm. It's got turkey tail in it. It's got reishi in it. Um, and then the turmeric for the anti-inflammatory effects. Sounds like you're putting it in a cauldron. Yeah, yeah turkey, turkey tails tail. yeah. and rat eyes and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like some witch Well, uh, originally I was doing it more for like the turmeric and the recovery because I really trained hard the other day and I was like, that's what made me do it first. Oh, uh, yeah. And I, and I recognized that it was like, wow. No, I, dude, if it's warm in almond milk, it's fucking good. Oh, it's really good. It's like a really, it's it a, almost feels like it shouldn't a be A little 50 it. calorie drink like that before bed. I mean, it's a, it's a, and because we've been low calorie. So lately, there's a couple different ways you could do it. The way you did it. Great. I love that too. But let's say it's a really hot night. Cause I did this in the summer. Super, super hot. I will blend it in a blender, so I have a little uh, what is it called, the bullet or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I blend it almond milk uh, and, uh, and pour it over ice or something. Pour it over ice, yeah. and you drink it, and it's really fucking good like that too. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, dude. it's good stuff. No, I'm man. so I'm sold, and the fact that it it helped me go to sleep was I was impressed, and mm-hmm. on on all the caffeine that I was on because mm-hmm. I was pretty much chalking it up for this is gonna be one of those <laughs> nights. <laughs> whatever, I'll be tired tomorrow. We're sitting yeah. around a meeting today. Yeah, I so want whatever. you to th- I want you to think about all the people you affect when you lack when you lose sleep. <laughs> I know. <laughs> your partners, your girl. Uh, oh, it's so funny. I I feel like I was hesitant about bringing this up because I don't really like want to 
you know, roll my wife under the bus, but <laughs> so what you're going to? Yeah, Go I'm going to anyway. <laughs> she doesn't listen, so this is you know, this is this is her Sorry, punishment uh, for not listening to the show. She woke me up, so. I actually planned because I was so tired. Dude. I was like, I'm going to go to bed at like 930, you know, like I'm going to like for once, like I'm just going to like, I just put the kids to sleep, you know, I came up, I was like trying to watch TV and like trying to hang out and have a conversation. I was just dozing off. I was like, you know, I'm going to bed and went to bed and uh, like I, I'm dead asleep, dead to the world. And I just, I wake up and I'm just like, oh, like all disoriented looking at my phone because I, I was going to train a client, you know, before I came in here and you know, to see if she confirmed, whatever. But I was like, why did I wake up? And I'm like, like smelling, like it smells like, like, like somebody lit a match, you know, but then like, like it's just cloud, like a real thick cloud in there. And like, so, uh, you know, Courtney like, oh, you woke up. Like, why do you, why are you up? You know, this, it was like 1230. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I was like, did you fart? <laughs> she fucking blasted one and it woke no. me out of a dead sleep. No. I was bro, like, dude. Bro, you did you did throw her under the bus. Big time. <laughs> bro, she killed me. And then after that, I was so mad because like and she's laughing and dying, you know, like, oh my God, I can't believe you woke up. And I'm I'm like, I'm trying to go back to sleep. And then I'm just like, why are you laughing? Like, yeah, it's funny, but like I'm so tired. Like I'm, I'm zombie. Like I get angry when I'm that tired. Yeah. You know. And so the whole time I'm trying to sleep, my yeah. mind just like keeps going. I didn't get any sleep last Listen, night after I, that. I love you, dude. But yeah. you have no. You can't complain about about you know. I'm oh no, sure, I know. I'm pretty I, sure you've hammered I, her. Absolutely, <laughs> I, absolutely. This is like a long time coming. I love you. It. know what I mean? I but it. like I'm just like you know I'm gonna throw her in the bus today. Yeah, I love so. it. I love the videos you were showing me with your kids the other day where you you guys send videos to each other. Oh yeah, and you're just making funny voices and shit to your boys. Yeah, what app is that? That's on that uh, Marco, Marco Polo. Marco Polo, dude. You brought that, back, love that. You brought that back up. Yeah. I forgot about that when we first started the podcast. Uh, somebody from Orange Theory turned me on to it, and then we were do. I forget what's awesome was that all of our stuff was saved on there. Bro, <laughs> old ass videos of us talking shit to each other and yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Was, like I have no memory of that, and then we started going through those. Like, oh my god, bro. Some of the videos. Look at us. Some of the videos were ridiculous. Some yeah. of them like were, were you're making funny voices, but you drew a penis above your <laughs> head, <laughs> or and then you one up it with yeah. like stuff all over your face. Yeah. And yeah, like, yeah. Oh man. Like, what are we doing? What was that? What yeah. were we thinking? I don't know. Yeah, we I, weren't. That was that was during the uh, uh, porn ad kind of age of mind pump I think. yeah that's yeah. right those, yeah. are good. those are all good times I think. yeah <laughs> we were very creative we were trying to figure <laughs> you know where to go <sighs> yeah man i love i've been doing these uh these nightly walks every single night and uh man i really fall i'm i'm addicted to them it's a really nice thing to <laughs> know, do I, you know <laughs> late at night go for a nice long walk there's this loop do you guys do you when you walk at night do you have the same loop yeah yep. same how long does yours take so it's a well it's a half mile loop and we typically do two loops so we walk a mile Hmm. Yeah, we walk a mile. Unless what does that take? What is that? 15, 20 yeah, minutes? Yeah, twenty minutes. That's so. I was saying that the other day. It's a, you know we typically walk about twenty minutes after dinner, and that's kind of the routine. Unless there's a night, like I said, where you know it, if one of us is really low on steps, like because she tracks too, like I do, she keeps her Fitbit on, and we'll go like, hey, let's do some more. We'll walk more because I didn't move much today, so we'll just walk for like an hour. But the like, let's do stay in our routine minimum two laps. How many so. steps is in a mile? Um, about like 4,000, 5,000, depending Dang. on your stride. Yeah. That many in one Is mile? It? Oh, wow. No, 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 no. In a mile? Yeah. I'm thinking of walking for an hour. No, in a mile, it's only probably- 1,000? 
Yeah, probably between a thousand and two thousand. <laughs> how are you stepping with that mile? Yeah, four thousand no. steps. I'm sorry, no, I was <laughs> thinking of like, I was yeah. thinking of how long my my steps are when we or how many steps I hit when we walk for an hour. If we walk for an hour, it's I hit about five thousand, five thousand, six thousand uh, steps. Dude, bro, me and yeah. me and Justin were watching some of, the, <laughs> some of the videos in Strong, which is killing it right now. Oh but, yeah, yeah. But we're watching some of the videos. Love and, it, man. And just. Just watching Robert Oberst do the ladders and run and it, pick up a fucking two hundred pound. It's bag almost and run. absurd, right? Because it's, it's this guy is so big. <laughs> it's but he's doing like really fast steps, yeah. you know. And he's not moving like at you very quickly, but he's like he's moving very quickly, yeah. right? So it's like this weird, like it's like you see it in a horror film, like like somebody coming at you that's huge, just like yeah. <laughs> like like run. run like no someone that size should not be able to move like yeah, that it yeah doesn't, it's freaky it defies the law i can't move like that i mean that. I, I i appreciate it but it's like it needs its own soundtrack was what we like came to conclude <laughs> you know? and then we were we were laughing because we're like what if you were just like chilling on the street and he just ran towards you like you don't know him he's just running towards yeah. what would you do you probably run yeah a grown man as a grown man i don't think you'd sit there and figure out what's about to happen i think you'd be like i'm out of here <laughs> yeah i'm a fucking something bad is gonna happen yeah, i'm like, a fucking right. run right yeah. either he's running at me or he's running from something and for someone that big to be running from something yeah i need to get the fuck out of here i'm fucking scared because it's a dinosaur <laughs> it's a dinosaur. it's gonna there's, eat you yeah there's there's literally a dinosaur <laughs> yeah but anyway with these walks that so i so do you guys remember those shoes that we <laughs> That we got sent from uh, what's the company? I don't remember the name of the company, but it was. Uh, Is it the water based? No, shoes not the, the water one? ones. I haven't put those on yet. They're ugly as fuck. Uh, it was the other ones from. Uh, was it Zach, Zach Bitter? Bitter? Yeah, okay. Zach Bitter gave it. Yeah, what's <laughs> those the, are just, just as ugly. Bro, hold on a second. What's the <laughs> name like of the company? Shoes. What is the name? Starts with a Z. Zaconi. A. a like, no, uh, I thought it was Altria. Yeah, or Altria. Uh, 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 yeah, exactly. Maybe Doug could look it up. Altria. Anyway, yeah, right. The reason why they're they're not. They, they don't look very good is because the front of the foot is is wider than the back of it because what they're trying to do is give yeah. you all kinds of like moving room for your toes right. and, and your feet. Kind of look like duck feet. They do. They, you look like a, a kind of like a clown a little bit. Yeah. It's a ultra, ultra. But can I tell you something about wearing them to go for walks at night? Don't don't try and close me on this. No, 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 no. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Okay, here we go. The most comfortable shoe I've ever worn. <laughs> I knew it. They don't, you know what? They don't look good, but they're secure around your ankle and foot, and then your toes are free to go. Oh, God. Oh, Dude. Ner nerds all over are ordering them shoes now for you. Just make Dude. sure it's dark outside. I know. We don't, we don't even have a sponsorship with them, but they're not very good looking. So they are like, ugly as fuck, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are ugly as fuck. I'll but, walk barefoot, dude. But they're comfortable as shit. <laughs> well, if I had to run on like pavement all the time, I'll do whatever, man. That yeah. sucks. Well, walking, even walking long distances, like if I walk in my chucks for long distances on the pavement, I'll start to, they'll start to bother me a little bit. I don't know about you guys, but my foot moves around too much in my shoe because my foot's so... I have a, I have a long, kind of narrowish type of foot, you know what I mean? I mean, I feel yeah, bad because they hooked it up said. and they sent us free stuff, so I shouldn't be talking shit. But I mean, that, at the same time, dude, yeah. I'm just not a fan. It's you know what I want. All running shoes are ugly as fuck. Yeah, they all are. So to you be know the fair, other ones that are really, designed to be to be you know those other, those other ones right. that are really popular that have like spring you forward and they're like they have the huge heels. The oh, start that's with, silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start with an H. That's silly. Those are really popular. I know. Really but that's popular. Silly. Yeah, I know. Those I agree. are ugly. Now, silly. if I was a 15 year old or 16 year old kid. And I saw a pair of shoes with like fucking actual springs on the back. 
for sure I'd buy them because that shit's gonna make me run faster. Of course, you, you, know you know were buying like the pumps, you know, shoe back in the day. Those were the, those were the business. Whatever happened to that? So back when we were when we were growing up, there was this this period of time. I want to say five year period, maybe longer. I don't know because I was a kid, so time is difficult to to quantify. But there was like a a race for the most outlandish, advanced, yes, forward propulsion thing inside a shoe. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. There was the there's like the, these air pockets like Nike was trying to come up with in the heel and then like yeah, the, dude, like wasn't what's that Why one? were we buying pumps? It had like a basketball that you pump. Like how <laughs> yeah, fucking well, stupid. This is, is that? The, this is the era of the explosion of supplement bullshit science at the same time. It's like all around the same time this is all happening. Yeah. So why why people were taking little bits of science to prove all these supplements that do things for our body? You know, the fucking shoe companies were showing that this yeah. could accelerate you or increase your vertical. But we well, were like, all like blissfully ignorant, right? Right. Yeah. yeah like, fuck yeah. But I remember like I w- when I would go to the store with my mom to buy shoes, I would grab the shoe and I'd look at the bottom of it and see what the bottom looked like and see if there was any technology. Yeah. What brand was it that had the catapult? Do you remember the catapults? Oh, yeah. Remember that? What was that it? Was sounds that, like a British knight. Was it British knight? LA gear or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it might have been LA gear. And it, in the commercial, <laughs> it literally had, looked like a catapult. And then the commercial's like, <laughs> and I, as a kid, I was like, that's brilliant. Wow. Obviously, that's going to make me, as soon as I hit the ground. I'm just going to launch. I'm going to fucking launch forward. <laughs> you know? But yeah. my, mo- my mom didn't buy them for me because, of course, my mom was, uh, you know, frugal. Well, I mean, it didn't stop, right? We had wheelies. Remember that? Like that's, well, that's, that's yeah, but those off. are those are actually supposed to make you skate. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I would have loved that when I was a kid. I would have oh loved God. that too. Those are cool. Yeah. I think those are cool. The wheelies. Yeah, I mean, I think they would have broke my. I ass. think they came out when I was like twenty-one or two, somewhere in that range. And I actually thought about. Do you guys it. remember that? Fitness? No, yeah. I saw an adult. No, I had a boss, so I had. A, so I was just gonna mention I was like, it. You, I had. A, I was like, no, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. He was a he was a DM, right? Or, I mean, no, a, a DFM. Well, yeah, he was. He was. I had him when he was my FM. And he used to he used to he used to skate around the club in it. Yeah, yeah. You talking about the little guy? Yeah, I, I would oh trip. Yeah, he would, when I was a you can't, no, early you on can't. trainer, he was my fitness manager for a short time before he got promoted to be a DFM. Oh. Forget his name. I can't think of his name. Yeah, uh, what'd you think of that guy? That's silly. <laughs> he was different. You know what he? You know what he was. I all never of, understood how he became a, a moved up. No, well, I mean, I don't know how, how a lot of people moved up in that company around that time. So he <laughs> he uh, <laughs> he was big. He was the first person I remember getting him as a fitness manager. And he was he was pretty ripped for I mean, he's a little guy right but he was he was pretty cut up you know he was in good shape he was a and, good one thirty five yeah yeah he was he was little <laughs> you know he's a little guy for sure he trained um he trained super slow so he would do he would do um he kind of did the Mike Mincer meets uh, uh what's that slow super slow zone. super slow zone rep place yeah. where it was all about and his his whole thing was all about time under tension right so he would grab like you know, 80 pound dumbbells and then do like three to five reps, but he would do them extremely like slow. Like 30 second rep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, really, really slow. And then that, that's it. He was so done. weird. Next that time. hasn't really taken off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you know that that was a thing for a little while. The, ready, the, set, go. So, so people need to understand this time under tension, definitely important, but you could take it to a point where it becomes endurance. So yeah. if you're doing, even if you're only doing three reps, because each rep is taking you 30 seconds, it's equivalent to doing like thirty or forty reps with lightweight because that's yeah. what's that's you're actually working endurance more than strength. But do you guys know where that came from? Where that that whole theory started? No. So, and this is what I love about resistance training, and <laughs> something that irritates me about about people in our space is that they don't they don't learn the history of 
and then of, they don't acknowledge it. They don't acknowledge it, and they pretend like they came up with some yeah. new thing or oh, this new advanced way of training. It's like that's been around for eighty years. Pretty much everything. Yeah. So slow mo slow motion training came from during World War II. So during World War II, there were rations that were going on. Obviously, the whole country was geared towards you know creating these machines of war. And getting iron was very difficult, extremely expensive, and you were rationed. So if you were a gym, it was difficult to get a lot of iron. And so bodybuilders and, and coaches and gym owners came up with this concept of super slow motion training where we don't need much iron. You can just use oh, right. 50% of the load that you normally use, but just take 30 seconds to go down and 30 seconds to go up. Yeah, they're trying to make it harder. Yeah, and that's, where, can. and that's where it was born. And it, and the, it resurged in popularity in the 90s. Uh, and I believe it was Iron Man magazine that pushed it forward where they started selling books on super slow motion training. So I actually went through a whole stint of doing it i trained like that for a while i've done it before yeah, yeah. i, lost I actually muscle. enjoy it yeah. <laughs> you lost muscle. Lost muscle. i did it, it's oh, not shit. gonna it's not gonna build muscle That's i, I tell sure. you what, what 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 it was really Builds good connection for me, though what was i yes. actually i actually got i i saw good benefits from it and why i saw good benefits is because i i was the perfect time in my life I was about 21 or so i don't remember how old i was i was just getting into being a fitness trainer and I was all about intensity at this time, and you know my reps were. I was training with these kind of old school bodybuilder guys that did a lot of cheat reps and cheat sets, and kind of trained that way. And so it was a great way to complement contrast. It right? was a great contrast from what I was doing, and so I I took a lot from that. And in fact, I think if you train with me, um, and I, I know Justin could test for this because I know he's trained a lot with me before in the past. Like that, I I'm really slow and controlled on my negative. I think most people yeah. don't take a a, a four two two hypertrophy like the true protocol for hypertrophy training. Very few people take a four second eccentric mm. motion or do or yeah. a four second negative. It used to take me through that, and then we'd hit like a superset. I remember that quite right. a bit, and right. that, that blew me up, man. And I I think that uh, I saw a lot of benefit from just slowing down the tempo, and I went from from one extreme to the other. And then I found this like middle place of well, there's a lot of benefit to really slowing down on the eccentric part of the mo or of the exercise. And I noticed really quick, like fuck, you know, all my books are saying that you know hypertrophy, one of the best places to build muscle. That that protocol is a four two two, you know, count. And when I look at everybody in the gym and I watch the way they do reps. Nobody is doing a four second negative. Nobody. No, I mean, no. you'll rarely ever see somebody do a true four second yeah. negative. And so I actually then started to follow that protocol and I blew up. I saw that was another one of my little, you know, we talk about this on the show all the time, like, you know, pivotal moments or, you know, you know, a paradigm shattering moments for us in our career. And like that was for me with, I had seen results doing training other ways before. And then all of a sudden I do this super slow thing. And because it was such a contrast to what I was doing, I actually saw a big difference. Mm -hmm. Now, like anything else, I'm smart enough to extract that and go like, okay, I'm not going to probably train like this forever. But wow, if I actually do slow my rep reps down every every once in a while, it's a really good a really good thing for my body. It is, and but what, what, there's a lot of confusion around that where people <laughs> think that going slow on the rep is the important aspect because studies will show that. If somebody's reps are a little bit slower, but the tension is high, that's the key, mm -hmm. that they'll get better results. So what does this mean? Does this mean that you take a weight that is lighter and and do a slow positive? No. It means you get a heavy weight that you push explosively, yeah. but because it's heavy, 
the rep is slow. Now, the descent is where it's important to control. The negative is important to control. Now, there's a lot of theories as to why that is. One of them is you're stronger on the negative portion of a rep. Four times. Than, yeah, you're, you're stronger on a negative than you are on a positive. So yeah. if you can, what, you know, if your max squat is 300 pounds, uh, you're, you can probably lower 400 pounds with the same kind of control. You just can't get it back up. And so the reason why you slow the negative down is to increase the intensity of the negative because whatever you push, you can lower much easier. Have you guys ever tried negative training, by the way? Oh, yeah. Like absolutely. like legit negative training? Yeah, absolutely. Where, you, where, where the guys lift the weight yeah. for you? Yeah, I was going to say I have a partner for that. I used to do that all the time. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'll tear that you up, man. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, no. In fact, I used to do this thing. Man, I, that you just, you're bringing back memories right now. Back when I couldn't even bench 225, so I was a little guy, and we would take 225 on the bench and we would do five negatives where a guy would just would so lift. two guys lift it with you yeah one then... one guy could do it over the top it wasn't that week where i couldn't move it at all like he but he would jerk it up and then i would resist yeah. it jerk it up wrist it up we do that five times then we strip it down to 135 and then i would pump out the 135 that was the first time i ever experienced a massive pump on my chest mm-hmm, when yeah. i was it was probably 22 or somewhere around there when i first did train mm-hmm. this way and I was on that kick for a minute because I never felt a pump in my yeah, chest like that yeah. before. It's oh, it's interesting too. Negatives are uh, the negative portion of rep will also overtrain the fuck out of you. And one one thing you'll notice, it does create a lot of muscle growth. And I think this is probably why. And this has always been my theory. When you look at Olympic lifters, they're incredibly strong, incredibly powerful, but their their muscularity a lot of times doesn't match their strength. I'm not saying that they're not muscular because many of them are incredibly. Oh, muscular. I absolutely believe this is why. Yeah, but you have a you know you'll have a 160 pound or 180 pound Olympic lifter, and he's lifting weights that a you know 250 pound or 60 pound bodybuilder or whatever gym rat will lift, and you you ask yourself, well, how's that possible? Well, if you watch Olympic lifters lift, they don't emphasize the negative at all, mm-hmm. even when they squat. Even if you watch an Olympic lifter squat. Yep. They do their high bar squat. They drop in hot. They drop in and come back up, and yeah. it's they're not in in. You know this is beneficial for them because they're increasing strength, not gaining a lot of weight, but this, also it allows them to train with a lot of. This volume. is why I've always loved yeah. your your I mean your speaker and amplifier analogy because it, it fits right here so well. Also to explain how why that is for people, so they've invested so much in a badass amp, they just haven't. They're getting the most out of those speakers than anybody else would. As an Olympic lifter, they may not have the biggest looking muscles, but they are getting more out of those muscles than almost anybody else with those same size of muscles. Dude, right? from, from so a, it's like a so the amplifier, mm-hmm. you know, analogy that you give is so good because that's that applies to that really, really well. And from a functional yeah, it's standpoint, not as long of a signal either. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and from a from a functional standpoint, those guys out of all the strength athletes, those guys are insane. I don't know if you guys have ever. I've actually done, I've wrestled and done jujitsu with guys who were Olympic lifters and reminds me of gymnasts in the sense that their strength to weight ratio is so insane mm-hmm. that these guys can do things with their bodies. And if they, when they wrestle people, their own body weight, it was like they were playing with, <clears throat> with children because they're, you how know, they do the like long term. What do you mean? When you're wrestling them. Oh, well, eventually they have to build stamina and stuff like that for the right, grappling. Right, right, right. But their athleticism was always uh, Olympic lifters. Oh, athleticism yeah. is just that makes me insane. want to wrestle Mike. I wonder how. I wonder if Mike could whip my ass. I bet, yeah, I'm sure. Well, Mike He's, also does jujitsu. So yeah, I know that's, say, that's yeah. what I'm saying. But I mean, I, but I outweigh him significantly. I you, should be able. to I want to take you guys to yeah. jujitsu school, and I want you guys to grapple a 
a 130 pound black belt and just be totally humbled. <laughs> you want to just see us? Like, oh, no, not because I not because I want you to get loose, pretzeled. Like, but I but I want you to experience you, bro. it. <laughs> no, yeah. I want you to get on the football field. I want to see you get humiliated. I want to get you on the football field with a professional yeah, athlete. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to see you bull in the ring. No, no, because on the football field. When you experience someone that small, be able to like put you to sleep. Yeah. It's a very, very interesting <laughs> experience. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. You just got to go with it. You got to yeah. go to the light. Yeah, you guys remember yeah. the original UFC? Were you guys, did you guys ever, did you guys watch the original I one? watched all, yeah, Did sure. you watch it when it was I, came out? Bro, or did you watch I, no, it after? Uh, yeah. No, I watched it when it was underground. We had it on VHS ta- tapes and it was something. So you didn't order it on pay-per-view when no, it was going on? What before was, that, bro. No, no, no. What was no. that big ass guy's before name? Before you could even order it online the, like that. Wrestled Gracie? No, no, no. Uh, the, which big guy? Oh, Chemo? Yeah, like one of the famous ones where it was like such an like he was completely like like double triple the size. Yeah, chemo. Of Grace. It was chemo. No, no, the original, the very first UFC was was uh, broadcast on pay per view. No, yes, it was. You couldn't. It bro, it was underground and illegal when it no, first no, came no, no, out. No, 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 no. The yes. first, the first UFC. I'm not oh, talking about. Oh, oh, when they when UFC bought it. Oh, yeah. Okay, I thought you were talking about MMA before. Because used to just no, be cage no, no. fighting, right? Yeah, what, yeah. What they call it? Valet Tudo. Uh. Yeah, it was Valet Tudo in Brazil, and then you had uh, Gracie in Action is probably what you're referring to, and these were the old VHSs where the Gracies would do these challenges and fight yeah, on yeah, the street. Yeah. And then the Valet Tudo fights of Brazil, because they've been doing MMA for a long time, and there's an old one with uh, Hicks and Gracie against, uh, I forgot the dude's name, uh, massive black dude who was also a, a you know a grappler and it was a very yes. long fight. Yeah, I, remember I can't that remember that guy's too. name. Yeah. But no, the the first ultimate fighting championship, the actual mm. UFC, was on pay per view, and uh, blew everybody's mind because you had this skinny, not strong kind of you know not fit looking <coughs> Brazilian guy come out in a in a look like a karate gi. Nobody knew what the hell that was, mm-hmm. and he fought all these and he just beat them kind of easily and it was tripped everybody out. What people didn't know was he wasn't even the best representative of his family. Yeah. Hoist wasn't the best jujitsu guy. His brother Hickson was was a lot better and far more aggressive. Hickson was just the best example of this this uh, like protecting yourself form of jujitsu where it's yeah. not because Hickson would have th- broke a lot of faces. Yeah, it was a new thing. Like I mean, just me personally, like watching it because like you, you see somebody on their back, you're like, oh shit, they're fucked, yeah. right? And then that was the first time I've actually seen somebody deliberately get on their back and then school somebody and like put them in a dude. Lock. Nobody, nobody like, growing up as a kid, I didn't even know I didn't even know jujitsu existed. And if someone said the word jujitsu, I'd just be, it'd be so foreign to me. So mm-hmm. I I mean UFC really put it on the map. Right? Yeah. Well, what's funny is it that really did. oh it, it it was a you know we talk about revolutions in fitness all the time. It was the single biggest revolution in martial arts. Since Bruce Lee popularized uh, many of the martial arts with his movies, it was a massive, massive. It shook the foundation of martial arts because up until that point, what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, uh, karate, kung fu, taekwondo, all these traditional martial arts. Many of them were purporting to be the most effective yes. and most deadly martial oh, arts. It showed the holes and it showed like what works and what doesn't work in like certain scenarios. Dude, like, whereas there was this. There was this sort of like mystifying kind of like lore to all these different types of uh, uh, schools. And like, you're like, oh, my master could do like a a five finger death punch. Yes. I remember because I was very into martial arts. I I did judo as a kid, but I was really into martial arts. And many times when you go to these schools, because I would shop these schools. I was always trying to convince my dad to let me try, you know, like Kung Fu or something like that. And we'd go in there. And, you know, my dad would ask them, do you guys fight? Do you guys actually? And they say, no, 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 no. Our, our moves are too deadly. 
for that. So we. <laughs> yeah, I swear to God, that was, that's very common, though. I, Bro, I experienced that too. You're laughing, our, but that's a hundred percent. Our moves are too deadly. Yeah. <laughs> that is a hundred percent what they would all. You say. know, I can't help but think of. Uh, what yes, it, what, Napoleon? No, what, 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 yeah, what, Napoleon Dynamite. Yes, or, that, that's yeah. what that reminds me. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, where he goes to that school yes. or he does the roundhouse kick. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. But that's what they used to say, dude. I can't help but envision that. They like, used to, and that, you know, that, that's the teacher leading, yeah. and then your dad yeah. goes, you go in there to ask him. And I, now, you know, I was Our lucky. moves are too deadly. Yeah, that's what they always Star used to say. Dude. over here is going to school you. Yeah. Bro, they used to all say that. These are special moves. You should No, you can't practice these at full speed. This is what we're doing. It's all points. And when you're watching it, it looks super dynamic, and you see people. And then you watch movies, and you think, oh, this is how. But my dad, growing up poor in Sicily and getting in fights all the time, he used to tell me, no, if you want to learn how to punch, you go box. And if you want to learn how to how to fight on the ground, do judo or wrestling. Yeah. He goes, because those are the real ones. And I used to argue with my dad all the time. Oh, like, no, no, he's absolutely right. Yeah, he's like, no, dude, what if a guy fucking spin kicks you? What if he gouges your eye out? Or my dad was like, <laughs> he, he used to tell me, like, that's not how it works, dude. He goes, yeah. and trust me, these guys never fight. So they well, can practice all the moves they want. What's interesting is I actually saw that because this kid, like, I felt bad because, like, I was watching the fight and watching him get his ass kicked. But uh, he had... He'd been getting picked on, and like he was like really trying to like you know build himself back up, and so he went and like did like I think it was taekwondo, and he was like throwing all these taekwondo kicks out to this guy and like missing, you know, and like missing badly, and then right when he'd miss, the guy would just take his back, and then he choked him out, and then like beat his ass, and I was well, like, oh fuck, yeah, that does not work. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that was the whole that was the well, market of martial arts. It's the closest thing. I think it's the closest thing to a street fight. It really is. It's the closest thing to that. When you look at like what happens in a, if you've been in a real street fight, it nine nine out of ten of them go to the ground. Yeah, there are no like specific you're, rules. You're grabbing shirt. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. It's 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 probably the closest thing to that. I mean, I know guys that I've I've fought guys that have that have boxed. I've fought guys that have done karate, and I've fought wrestlers. And then when you get into a street fight, and then all three of those guys I beat up, and I've got no background in any of that. Like all I had was just experience in getting in fights and. And you no know, hesitation. Well, yeah, that's, most exactly. of the time. Well, that's the big thing. Uh, that's the biggest thing is that and, and Bruce Lee used to talk about this. He said, I don't fear the man that knows a thousand kicks. I, I fear the man that knows one, you know, that practices a kick a thousand times or something like that. Like, Yeah, has mastered it. Yeah, because if you look at boxing, you know, boxing, I will argue all day long besides the other full contact striking arts like maybe Muay Thai. Yeah. Um, boxing, Muay Thai works. A, a boxer with three years experience will beat up most black belts in traditional martial arts. But it's not because boxing is necessarily superior. It's because he fights. He gets in the ring. He punches. Yeah. And boxers master how many punches? Jab, straight, mm -hmm. hook, uppercut. Right. That's yeah, it. They land right. one of those. You're done. Yeah. There's not like a million one and right, one right, moves. Right. And, and so, and I remember when we watched the first UFC. My dad sat down with me, and he saw the fighters. And he goes, oh, he goes, watch the watch the judo and jujitsu guys beat everybody up. And me and my buddy are like, no way, man. That guy's fucking, he's karate and that guy's ninjutsu. And we're all tripping like, <laughs> ninjutsu, <laughs> that's fucking crazy. And he's throwing smoke bombs. And <laughs> you know, he like enters the ring. And like, could you imagine, stars you, know, like, could you imagine when you get a street fight yeah, with somebody yeah. someone dropped a smoke bomb? Yeah. <laughs> this guy knows the praying mantis. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely don't fight him. Yeah. If, you throw, if someone throws a smoke bomb, <laughs> get the fuck out of there. Smoke bomb and run that's my move yeah. i used to read black belt magazine i used to read a lot of these martial arts magazines and when that all went down so much controversy in the martial arts world and all uh, these yeah. writers were defending their martial art like no 
you know, put a real practitioner of, you know, Sungdu Ray like, or whatever they were doing, and you know, it would be the best ones. Aikido, and, yeah. And, yeah, you could be like, maybe yeah. Uh, remember, um, uh, David Carradine days and stuff, yeah, like the super slow kicks and shit. Oh, uh, Kung Fu! <laughs> yeah. What a great show, though. It was, it was, yeah, a, great, that was, that was such, a fun show. That I love that. I love show, that show. Dude. I used to love that so much. <laughs> so so oh, good. Man. But yeah, it was a, it was a big debate for like, it pissed off a lot of people. It was a big debate even today with MMA today because now you see the guys know everything. Yeah. But if you take out the rounds and you take off the gloves, way more shit will happen on the ground today. Even mm. today. Even today. If you put those guys in there with no gloves and you because gloves let you punch a lot. They let you punch to the head a lot. People don't realize that. The gloves aren't to protect the other dude. No, it's to protect your hands. It's to protect your hand. Yeah. If you take out the, the rounds and the gloves, you're still gonna see, even with these guys as a fucking badass as they are, you're still gonna see a majority of the fights hit the ground, you're on the ground and you know, you don't want to. You ever? You, you guys have hit someone in the, in the head with the with your hand. Yeah, that shit doesn't feel good. No, no that hurts the next day. <laughs> you oh, almost shit. inevitably always break something. Yeah, you know, you break your hand. But anyway, so how's your how's your guys' uh, how's your workout? Did you guys did you end up working out yesterday? Uh, no, because I pretty much did it through the shoot, man. That was a lot. So, oh, that's right. How do you this, feel about our our models now when we do programs? Yeah, I know. I feel, I feel, I feel for them a little bit because they're getting paid, so I don't feel that yeah. much for them, you know. I grind them. Yeah, yeah. they come in. It's like now, next, next, yeah. next, next. Well, I just wasn't thinking about it. Like I was, you know, I'm trying to get as efficient as possible when we have, you know, Eli and Taylor in and Drew in and everybody's in here, right? I'm like, okay, you know, we've got a four hour block. Like, how many exercises can I get done? And so I kind of stretched it, and you know, this was how many videos did you end up doing? Three. Only oh, three videos. But you're doing the super detailed. Yeah, they're really long. So, and that was my mistake I made, right? So the the last time I did seven videos, so I'm like, okay, I should be able to get seven to ten out. And so I had, you know, seven for sure I wanted to do, and then I had ten in case in, ca in case I had extra time, right? And it ended up being the opposite. I only got three done. And it's because we have the last few series that we had done have been – you know, these arms and, you know, that's easy shit. Like, that's really easy stuff. And then you're doing compound lifts. Yeah, the compound yeah. lifts. Like, and what I'm trying to do, you know, just from feedback on the YouTube channel is what people are really appreciating are the basic cues that I used to give trainers. And I, and I have to say, you know, when we first started the channel out, you know, me personally, I felt a little, you know, I keep talking about how the YouTube channel was the most awkward for me. Part of why that was, was, I felt this need to appeal to the, the person that I'm trying to help coach and then also appeal to academia that's probably judging me and, and want to make sure that I know my shit. And I should, and that was a mistake, you know, it was a yeah. mistake for me to teach because when I teach a client, it's me and that client, I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. Like yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll use whatever analogies I need to use. I'll, I'll say things, whatever I need to say to communicate it to that person to get them right. to, to execute the movement. I'll, I won't worry about what the fuck I say, but I found myself on YouTube because I'm presenting myself on this channel that I want to explain everything and be be more technical. Where I kind of thrown that out and be like, you know what? I'm just and it's we've got this great feedback, right? Well, that's been so far on all these basic movements. Well, now that we're getting into really complex movements, I'm like, wow, there's a lot of cues that I so teaching somebody a sumo deadlift is not just so. Mm -hmm. It's not just telling them some basic cues that there's a lot of cueing and a lot of mistakes that are made in the movement and so as i'm going through and i'm doing this i i will i would do a a, a portion of it and then i'd tell taylor fuck we need to go i need to also explain this because you know what once people figure this out this is what breaks down here and then mm -hmm. they don't do this and then oh you got to make sure they're doing that so 
the, the there's video. a lot more to it than yeah. There's a lot a lot to it. So I'm I'm really curious. I'm really interested to see how the uh, the YouTube channel receives um, these most recent ones that uh, have gone up because those ones. Well, at the end of the day, it's just we're bringing as much value as possible. Mm-hmm. That's the key. I want you know we want to bring true value, and in in you can do that through a different a lot of different ways. But you know our expertise is in fitness and health, and so for on camera, we're going to provide as much value as possible. And in you know, will it get more views? I think it will, but more than that, I think the views it's going to get are going to be more impacted. Yeah, well, that's, that's more important. Well, I, people really appreciate like slowing down and re- communicating what's going on with their body, so like it, they can actually, uh, you know, they, they can go through that same process and be like, oh, like wow, it's more relatable that way instead of just throwing terms yeah. out there that are in books and, um, you know, you're able to do that on a level where people can, you know, understand it more. That's the goal anyways, right? Is to get your average person to understand these more complex type of moves. That's what I'm saying. Cause, cause I, I, we talk about this in social media all the time and YouTube is part of that. You know, you, we, you can get caught up in the numbers, right? Caught up in the, how many views, how many subscribers, same thing with Instagram, how many followers I have, but do you have any real impact? You know, that's yeah. the question. Well, that's, that's the, how you should weigh it. The real indicator and, and the way I measure our success in all those things is the comments and the feedback. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so the comments and the feedback is what what has driven the, the YouTube channel to where it's at. And, you know, to be honest, we're, you know, there was a lot of mistakes that we made early on. Uh, and that was just because we were trying to figure it out. It's a different platform. And we tried to take an element of the podcast and put it into the YouTube, and that was a mistake. Yeah, it was a mistake because they want to get to the brass tacks. Yes, because the people that you know, and that was just, and I didn't think about this until after we had been doing it for quite some time. That people that are searching on YouTube are using it like a Google search, you know, and they want specific answer to a specific question because that's what they searched in there: how to do a bicep curl. And they don't want to hear three guys that are funny and having a good time talk for the first three minutes and then get into the exercise or explain how they came to this conclusion that this is the way to do things or a better whatever. Right. There's like, show me and give me th- some some tangible things that I can implement into my routine that now will make this improvement. And then at the end of the day, when the things that help them, that's what you get the great You know what's from. great about... Uh, well, like you're doing the compound lifts and you're going through like, you know, real, just like taking your time through it. Like I've been doing that just as working out and kind of shifting is like back to the, you know, the major, you know, squat, the deadlift, the overhead press, uh, you know, like it just, you're very, very straightforward. Like, I'm just going to like master this again as a skill. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, I've been really loving having that available to me at whenever I go downstairs, you know, I, I, unfold my rack you know i just get into it and i get into the groove i'm always trying to get better and master even now like at, i don't know how what 15 something years of even teaching these moves like i'm still trying to perfect you know my body mechanics and understand my body on another level so i love you know the fact that i can uh you know just just spend that time it's such a simplistic you know, way to look at training, but at the same time, it's so beneficial. Justin, how long does it take to unfold the the PRX rack to get into position? Dude, like it's ready, set, go, man. So it's literally just boop, boop. Yeah, I just I just lift it up and I pull it out and I plop it down. That's it. 
<laughs> ready to go, dude. Where all the, so awesome. Where do all the weights sit? Are the weights on like a rack or do they just lay against the wall? Like, what do you use? To- so there's a vertical. So I, you, you can do this. You, I mean, you can. I mean, you can buy whatever you want as far as like racks go. But like, they have them where you actually can mount them vertically on the wall. So I just, I just oh, pull them perfect. right off the wall, and then um, alongside that too, I also have vertical. Uh, place for for the bar too so i could just stick the bar so it just goes straight up super low profile yeah there's nothing sticking forward and out so everything's like almost it only sticks out maybe like a foot off the wall when it's all folded yeah like everything oh i wish i did yeah so it takes up like no space dude and it's like i don't know it's just convenient and you have to bolt it into the wall i'm a simplistic guy dude i I love when things like work like when i'm ready when i'm ready right then Mm. you know know that you know that new company that i sent over to you guys tonus or tonal or whatever like that i don't know if i told you but i I dug deeper into it because i was like man this is really cool because it's same concept but it's a machine right and you know i thought it would be way more affordable if it would if it would compete with something like the PRX, like I thought, okay, because you guys were talking, we were talking about it, like you know, do you think it'll do well? And I'm like, dude, it's it's got the built-in trainer, it's really cool, all this stuff. But bro, it's like fucking three thousand dollars plus a forty-nine dollar a month uh, fee uh, on top to of that. use the software. Yes, yeah. And so I'm like, that's oh. what I get you. Well, and not only that, but that's where now you lost me because PRX. If if it, you get barbell movements and like that, you can't you get the good movements yeah. and the versatility is insane. Right, right, yeah. right. So you You're got not just stuck with like a, a cable machine. Right. So that so I was like, oh, the, fuck that. Then you know what I'm saying because that's the the only way I could see it comparable is if it's if it was cheaper and then you're getting more bang for your buck because you're getting like this trainer. The only Dude, way the I cable would... machine is only gonna last so long yeah. as far as yeah. your body being stimulated. Yep. And the only way I would use it, it would be in addition to uh, a, a rack. Right. It's a complimentary. Tool. I wouldn't use it by itself. Right. At all because free weights are. They have yet to invent a machine that is as versatile. And as effective as, you know, good old-fashioned free weights. It does, yeah, it doesn't compare. Are you doing, now are you going downstairs and just doing random sets throughout the day? I do that. Yeah, wow. I do that. Isn't that it, crazy? Yeah, I'll just go in and I'll, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm just working on an overhead press, you know? And then I'll just like literally take my sweet-ass time and, and, and just work on that completely and just like add load as appropriate. Yeah. And oh, it's so nice. How much when you, do you, when you guys do that, how much do you appreciate now? In, in you with your videos that you did yesterday, how much do you appreciate now how tired some of these uh, models and athletes get when we have them film yeah. these programs? Because like we, so again, Justin and I were watching the videos of Robert, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm looking at this, I'm like, bro, you're having him demo. I felt so bad. I'm like, I'm, you're having him demo bench presses and rows with you know 300, 400 like pounds, 315. You yeah. know, like I'm I know. Like, well, I started out because I'm like, listen, you're and you're, he's you're just basically like a strong Greek god. Yeah, you know I mean, I want people to know that, you know, yeah. but it's like people already know but that. But the filming's all day. You know, yeah. people don't know it takes seven hours. Well, I, so we I, start I, out with a lot of I weight, made, and I, I'm like, oh, shit. I made a comment to Doug yesterday, first time I ever seen it. I said, hey, dude, maybe we consider getting some fake weights, bro, just for, <laughs> just for these videos. Like, because what was happening was- It's exhausting. I mean, okay, so sumo yeah, deadlifts is what we started with. And all I had was 135 on there, which is fucking nothing, Okay. But after you do 30 to 50 reps of one control, slow, yeah, yeah. pause. Because you got to think, I'm taking for photos, right? So, 
you know, Eli will come around and he'll be like, you know, I want to get you, you know, just pulling off the floor. That's it. So you know, hold it there. Yeah, so you got to hold it there. And I'm like in a squatted position in, or, or I just want a shot of you, you know, getting ready. And I'm so I'm in the position to get ready. And it's like, so you don't think about all yeah. that. Yeah. So, man, I was, and then I have to, after that, I have to go over and close the video out. So I don't want to be like, so, you know, after doing that 135, <laughs> uh, this is, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed that video. <laughs> like, so I'd have to break so I could catch my breath before I go do the close. I mean, it was. Are you sore? That's funny. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely sore today. Yeah, I've already filled today, so I know. I mean, I was I was supposed to train that night, you know, and I'm like, fuck. I already trained. <laughs> yeah, so I told Katrina, I'm like, I, I shouldn't train because I already did a bajillion reps. It wasn't a lot uh, of weight, but I'm sure I'm going to be no, sore from it. The volume adds up. Yeah, no, it definitely, it definitely added up. But I was going to ask you, Justin, when you bought the PRX, did you do the um, monthly payments or did you just pay it all off? I did the monthly, actually, just because it was just... Uh, I'm like, it was such a convenient uh, service they provide with that. So it's like, for me, like I, there, there was a couple different options with that too. Like you could do more per month. And um, I mean, I kind of did more on the higher side, but I wanted, I didn't want to get hit all at once. Like I just got a paycheck, you know what I'm right. saying? And it's like, boom, there it goes all at once. But um, yeah, like that was a nice feature. Cause then you can buy it, you get all the equipment and you know, then then you know that like it's 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 not going to hurt you know you financially. How, too how big quickly. was your package, and then how did you break it up like financially? How, how big was the? It pack? was so it was probably around yeah it was close to like twenty six hundred I, I believe. Uh huh. Um, and that gave me the um the basic rack, and that gave me the vertical like two vertical uh, racks for the weights. That gave me the vertical uh, setup for the barbells. The I got two barbells. I got one that was you know forty five. One was thirty five for Courtney, and so she can do the barbell movements with me and and you know like and, and work out downstairs. Um, and then what else? I got something else with that bench but, too, right? Yeah, and the bench exactly. Oh, I didn't even mention the bench. How fucking awesome! That's the best feature. Like you bolt you bolt the the back of the bench into the wall and so that folds down too and it's just like you just pull everything down and it's right there yeah so like normally you'd have to okay i'll grab the bench and put it over Roll here it over. and then where now, am does i gonna the, put it does the bench go incline and flat and all that yeah so it could well no it doesn't go incline i think that that would be another you know feature okay. down the road maybe but um yeah it's just it goes flat but like it it, it folds up and then also like the legs of it fold so now it's just you know, it's like it doesn't take much. It doesn't occupy anything. Well, that's freaking rad. It's just cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's a great, great feature. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. Our first question is from Elias Tuominen. How to tell if you're getting stronger during a program without progressively overloading? So this question, as obvious as it seems, because it's something I think we should answer because I get asked this all the time. 
Do and you I, really? I do. I get people all the, how like, do how I know? How do I know I'm getting stronger? Yeah, how do I know I should add weight? Well, how do last, I know when it, last week that was really easy. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I do want to mention real quick, there's only two days left for the for the Map Strong promotion. I want to make sure we mention that uh, in the episode. It's going crazy right now. I don't Holy want people to miss shit. It. Urgency. Yeah, there's only two days left for the for the 30 days off with the code STRONG30. That's uh, STRONG, the number 30. 30 days off? I need 30 days off. $30 off, excuse me, <laughs> yeah, yeah, at yeah. mapstrong.com. There's two S's in the middle. Anyway, go get it. Getting stronger, it's, it's your perceived intensity, your perceived effort. You know, because I get this asked all the time. People are always like, "How do I know when it's time to add weight?" Well, when the reps and the weight you did at a particular intensity become easier, then try to match the intensity. Try to match that perceived effort. Seems pretty straightforward, but yeah, it is kind of you, you getting you get comfortable. I think at a certain point, you well, do, the- and, and it's more. I get more women asking me the. Asking me this question than men typically. I think yeah. guys, <laughs> the ego is always yeah. trying to get more. Right? Yeah, like I think I'm stronger. Throw some more weight on. Yeah. Oh, I hurt my back. Um, but you know, people are afraid to add more weight um, because they're they. I, I, what are they waiting for? I'm not quite sure what they're waiting for. What kind of signal they're waiting for? But you do got to kind of appreciate and respect that, especially with new people when they're working out. They don't know what it feels like, yeah, right? Well, it's a better mentality, especially if you're new to it. You yeah. Know, to, to be a little more reserved about like, you know, really just loading it on like crazy because, you know, it's, it is. It could it could damage you. You don't want to set yourself back. No. Have you guys ever had a client that, well, they'll tell you, you know, they'll hire you and they already work out. So they're not big, total beginners, but they're pretty much beginners. And then they'll say, oh, you know, I, I this is my workout. And, and what you do is you take them out and you, have, and you watch them do, okay, can you show me the squat that you normally do? You ever have this situation where you say, oh, you, you could squat way more than that. And they look at you like, I can. Yeah. Like, they don't yeah. know that they can. They're like, well, yeah, obviously, it doesn't feel easy to you. Right. They don't have any concept <clears throat> of right. what that what Or you can just like. tell by the way they move the weight. Like, there's zero breakdown. So, for me, like, the one thing that I I, I hesitate I hesitate to say with, with this, like, you know, if you, you were able to do it last week, you know, just add more weight. I don't know the age of the person that I'm talking to right now. I don't know how long they've been lifting for, but... I was big on like treating every exercise like a skill and and becoming very mechanically sound before adding load. I mean, no doubt, like if you you can move the weight really well and in progressing the weight up more is going to help build more strength. But a lot of people don't move weight well. I really don't. I think it's, I mean for me, like when I walk in a gym, I it's like it's it's a quality that I love to see in somebody, and like I'm drawn to watching someone work out. When I see great mechanics, I mean, when you when I stand or when I'm walking on the treadmill and I look and there's 75 people out there to 100 people working out, I can count on one hand how many of them like I'm impressed with the mechanics. Mm-hmm. It's just rare. It's mm-hmm. rare to see somebody move weight really, really controlled and well. And so I think that you know there's nothing wrong too with you progressing that way. Like, so instead of always thinking that we need, we need to necessarily be moving the weight up and weight up and weight up because that's how we get stronger and we build more muscle, we build more muscle. You can build more muscle too by controlling the weight better and moving it more properly, especially when you talk about building the specific muscles. Like, you know, if you're somebody who is like, and how I would talk to a football player or somebody who's just looking for explosiveness and full power from their entire body and they're looking for just output, it's a little bit different than somebody which is, to me, in my opinion, the average person who comes in, they want to look better or they want to lose body fat or they want to shape their shoulders or their chest or they want... That person, I think, it's way more important that they learn to use 
those muscles, you know, the most or the best or the in that movement more so than it is to progressively overload them. In my experience, absolutely, like, you you want to challenge yourself with the weight that you're lifting, but you don't want to compromise your form. So pick a weight that will allow you to perform the prescribed number of reps with a high level of intensity with good form. So if your form breaks down, it's too much weight. Even right. if you can move the weight with a slight breakdown in form, that means you should go lighter. So form is perfect, but you're pushing yourself. That's how you know that you've picked right. the right weight. Right. When it gets to the point where your form is perfect and you're not really pushing yourself like you used to and, and the prescribed reps were 10 and you're done with your set and you're like, I feel like I could have done five more reps. Yeah. Then you know you need to add more weight. But it, but it is important that we that we do say that it does take some time and practice to kind of figure this out because I know when I get under a bar and I lift a weight, I know when I know when I'm gonna I know when I'm about two or three reps before I'm gonna fail. I know that. Like I know like okay, I can maybe squeeze out two more reps and then I won't be able to do anymore. And fail you should you should say too is failure for us is form breaking down. Yeah, it's not because like I'm I, dead. Because I, I can tell when I'm lifting two or three reps before my form breaks down, but I could still get that three reps. Like I know that. Like I know I, I'll be doing, let's say I'm doing a weight and I and I, and I it's a weight that my form will start to break down at 10 reps. My form will break down 10 reps, but I could probably get 12 reps. Right. And this is a mistake that I see a lot of people do. And it was common, especially with the younger generation when we were, when I was lifting, you know, wanting to be stronger and lift so much. And it was all about weight. the lift. It was I all, mean, about, all, the, all about the reps. Right. Me. It was all about the, how many reps can I get X amount of weight out. And what ends up happening is those last two or three reps, you're just getting, you're muscling the weight up. And it's like, now all these other muscles are, are incorporated to try and move the weight. And if you're trying to work on mechanics and you're trying to work a specific muscle group, not ideal. You'd be much better off, you know, reducing the, the repetitions or reducing the weight and then. Be yeah, then you lose the intent of the exercise. Right. Right. That's I think that's the biggest thing. It's and it's interesting, like <clears throat> so Olympic lifters too, like they they typically like throughout the week they're gonna lift like way less than you know their ability and it's really just a master and hone in on that skill skill and and the form and um the mastery of it and you know and then they go and they challenge themselves you know inter intermittently with with you know adding load and then and then they revisit it and then okay where was i um, you know, off slightly within, you know, the, if you break down that movement and you, and you segment it, you know, where, where, where were my pitfalls? Where were my sticking points? And, you know, you, you address those things specifically, you know, the following week. So, mm. um, you know, there's different ways to approach it, but yeah, I like the, uh, the perceived exertion, like, like knowing that, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta do the work first and kind of figure out like where you're, where your end range is and, and uh, you know, and that's kind of like your, your, your own internal gauge. Yeah. You have to constantly try to challenge yourself, but watch your form. That's basically it. Like if you challenge yourself and here's the other thing too, when you're adding weight, always err on the side of less that you're adding. So like, let's say last week you did 10 reps with a, with a hundred pounds in the squat and it was pretty intense. And this week you did the same set, uh, 10 reps with a hundred pounds. And you're like, wow, that feels it feels easier. I feel like I can lift more weight. Rather than jumping up 10 or 15 pounds on the bar, just go up five pounds. Just go up five pounds and feel it out and see how it works. And if you feel like you can add a little more with the same with with the uh, a, a, a appropriate level of intensity and good form, 
go up another five pounds. Because another mistake that I've seen people make, and this seems to be more common with guys, is they'll do a lift and be like, whoa, I think I can lift more. Add 25 pounds to the bar. Whoa, calm down. <laughs> yeah. That makes a big fucking you difference. You hyper-jumped. Yeah. yeah, that makes a big difference. I've hurt myself like that in the past when I, I was younger. I've done that before. Yeah, where I'll do a squat or a deadlift. I'm like, oh, fuck, I feel... I, Put I, a quarter on, Yeah, bro. I could break my PR. Well, it's and instead it- of breaking it by five pounds, I try to break it by 15 pounds, and then I ruin the whole fucking take. I- <laughs> well, this is also something that just takes time and practice, because sooner you, I know you guys know this, too. Like, I know, I know my weight so well that I know a weight that I, if I move a weight by... F- like five reps, like if I'm lifting heavy that day, but I can move it out five, I know how much more I can go up. Right. And if I was going to do a single or a mm. double after that, like I have an idea of like how much I can go. Yeah. Up. If I'm struggling to get three to four reps out of a, out of a weight, I can't get much higher before I start to hit my PR weight. Mm. You know, so it's like you'll learn that as you as you. And there's lift. also sort of warm up like sets right where so i'll go through that and i know that like i i want to get to a certain point where i don't completely exhaust myself so i want to pull out but i know now i jump up you know substantially like you know like weight wise like i'll add another like 50 100 pounds to then get into the real sets yeah 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 and the the other thing too this is something you have to kind of learn about yourself because like for me for example if i'm doing over let's say i'm doing over 10 reps over it over eight to ten reps and I feel like I can add a lot more weight. It, there's less weight that I can add. There's less range that I have in that rep range than I do in the low rep ranges. And that's just because the way I train. I, I like to train the low rep ranges, and I really enjoy being strong. And I know that, let's say I do a weight for six reps, and that's my max. I can add a lot more to go down to two reps, but not to go, you know, but I'd have to cut down a lot if I were to go up to 10 reps. And it doesn't always match up. It doesn't make sense. I don't know if that makes any sense to you guys. Like my low rep range strength much bigger range than it is in my my higher rep range and that's something you kind of have to learn for yourself and feel out and that's why i say err on the side of of adding small amounts of weight they even make i don't know if you guys see this they make these or seen these they make these weight magnets have you guys seen these that are like half a pound what yeah so like oh interesting yeah so so and one of the concepts and i've never done this before but i think it's fascinating where you're working out and you just add a half a pound or mm-hmm. a pound every week, no matter what. And it's such a small amount Interesting. that it typically allows you to progress. And there are these little magnets. I've seen those little on. donuts, like sized ones that are like half a pound uh, before. Like when I was in an Olympic lifting uh, setup, like they had like, you know, all the bumper plates, but then they had like these little tiny, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like incremental weights that they put on. Yeah, I, see that? I've yeah. never, ever seen that before. Yeah, I've never the, seen a magnet, though. And the and the and really, the, the, the concept <clears throat> behind it is, you know, every week I'm going to add one pound to the bar, which you're probably not even going to feel. But if you think about it, yeah. you know, over the course of- It's kind of know, a smart way to yeah, do it. Yeah, over the course of 12 weeks, you've added 12 pounds to the bar. Oh, it's a very smart way to do it. It I mean, might it, be an interesting way to- And yeah. you know why I know, you know, why God, I know I'd about- love to pl- I'd actually love to play know, with that I because I've never- too. Yeah, I've never even thought to do something oh, yeah. like that. You know why I, I knew about this? So maybe five years ago, I thought this brilliant idea one night. I was up late and I'm like, <gasps> if I invented weight- you know, mini weights that you could use as magnets to add weight every week. And I looked it up and they have it. So, yeah. <laughs> so there it is. So is that great? What do you, what do you think it's something that you think is so brilliant? I hate that. You, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> Everything's been invented. Next up is Summer Huizenga. I'm trying to gain weight. How can I make sure that the extra calories go to booty gains versus belly fat? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
try to figure out where you want your body to gain I mean, body you, fat. You kind of you kind of can. I mean, well, you're not wanting to get the butt fat. You're wanting to build muscle there. That's what that, that's ideally what you'll do. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is a, I'm, I'm, this is a cool question because I think a mistake that uh, a lot of girls that want to build a butt do is they go into a program wanting to build a butt or they buy some fucking online, you know, girl that's put, putting booty stuff out there. And then they're also doing all this stuff in a caloric deficit. And I mean, can you build a little bit of a butt in a calorie deficit? Maybe a tiny bit because maybe you're sending a new signal that you haven't and it's so much volume that you're, you're, you will by default get a little bit of a build, but not a good strategy mm-hmm. to, it's just like, and it's so crazy that we treat it differently than any other muscle. Like it's just like any other muscle. Like I would never, if some guy came to me and said, yo bro, I want to build my chest. I would never say, okay, we're going to get on 1400 calories and you're going to do some cardio. And then we're also going to do some bench press real heavy. It's like, mm. that would not be a smart strategy whatsoever to build muscle. So being in a surplus already is, is a smart strategy to try and, and add weight. And this is kind of how, um, you know, Katrina, we do this for Katrina because that's been a focus of hers for the last couple of years is we typically diet down. And she's following whatever normal protocol of training. So she's because she's gone through all the maps. Programs. So let's just say she's on anabolic right now. And that's what she's training. And we're dieting to lean out. And she gets really lean. And then when we decide that we're going to go in a surplus, I love for her to follow our butt builder guide, which is part of maps aesthetic. You combine with that where we're focusing on a muscle because we're trying to develop it. And so that I put her in a calorie surplus, I throw her a new stimulation, I increased volume on the butt, and I'm adding calories. And so the the theory behind that is that it's a new stimulus, it's increased volume, it's in an area that I'm trying to develop, and I have a surplus. Hopefully, a majority of those calories will get allocated to building that muscle. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. the that's the idea. You know, in the past, if somebody asked me, uh, you know, can I, how do I can I make my body store body fat differently, or can I burn body fat from more specific areas? I would say no. It's completely dictated by genetics, and that's what I was taught. Right. What I know now is that uh, science is showing us that your hormones actually play a, a relatively large role in how your body uh, tends to store body fat. If your estrogen levels are really low, if cortisol is high and you gain body fat, more of that is going to be around the midsection and less of it will be around the uh, around the glute area. Um, and if your fat if your diet is very low in omega-3 fatty acids, there is some evidence to suggest that you'll have less body fat go to the areas that you quote unquote want it to go. So, of course, what Adam's saying is most important, if you want to build your butt, build the muscle. But then when it comes to fat gain, gain it in a healthy way. So, you know, let's think about what things affect your hormones in what what things affect your hormones, what your diet does. And if you're just trying to gain weight and you throw a bunch of unhealthy food at yourself, a lot of sugar, a lot of processed food, the odds that your hormones will be maybe out of balance are much higher. Then you throw on top of that, you throw stress and bad sleep. Um, and it's more likely that the kind of fat that you're going to gain is the kind of fat that doesn't look as healthy. Because remember, you're, the, the, the reason why we have aesthetics to begin with, the reason why we find certain things attractive to begin with is because it's a physical display of your health. And women who store more body fat in their butt and you know in their breasts typically are more fertile and they have a better hormone profile. Men, If men stored body fat that way, if a man stored a bunch of body fat 
in his lower extremities and was shaped like a pear, women would find him unattractive because it would then signify that he had a lot of estrogen and didn't have much testosterone. And vice versa, right? If a woman gained around her belly and had very skinny legs and arms, it'd be considered less attractive as well because it signifies that there may be a hormone issue and she may not be quite as fertile. Nobody likes man boobies. Right. So <laughs> if you want to gain body fat in the most healthy way that your genetics will allow, you need to do it with a healthy calorie surplus, not a just calorie surplus. A lot of people make that mistake. I want to gain weight. Oh, cool. Now that it's time for me to bulk, that means I can eat whatever the fuck I want. Now I can eat cheeseburgers and I can eat pizza. And this I can is a candy. common mistake made with guys. And the guys tend to do this when they get they go in what they call a dirty bulk. That's right. They, and they want to build, so they think like, oh, I'm trying to build, so I'll just overconsume a bunch of calories, and they're getting a bunch of shit calories. That's right. That's and right. They put on a bunch of bad fat with a little bit of muscle, and just not it's just not as healthy. Um, and so I'd say make it as healthy as possible. Focus on your strength training. <clears throat> make sure you get good quality sleep. Uh, make sure the foods that you eat are whole and natural and that you're eating in a surplus, but you're not eating in a dramatic, massive surplus. This is how I tell people when it comes to gaining weight. I say eat more good food. That's it. Not eat more, period, or eat more shitty food mm-hmm. or just eat more calories. Well, this is why eat I, more good food. This is why I love to do uh, something just like this right after a nice, good, hard cut like with Katrina because I've been depriving her of calories, so she's hungry, right? So we're, we're, we're in this right now because she's kind of doing the same thing we are right now. So, you know, we're laying in bed talking and, you know, we're sipping on the, you know, the, the orange the gold juice and we're going like, I'm hungry. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's been a while since we felt this feeling of hunger, you know, like this is I feel hungry right now and talking to her and leaning out. Well, it's so nice when you've been dieting to lean out for a while to just get calories, you know, yeah. again. And so it's not I'm not so picky about that. I just want some healthy calories. I'll just I'll take a chicken breast and rice, white rice right now because I'm so hungry. Uh, it's the best feeling when you raise your calories up again and then you hit like phase one uh, anabolic. Oh, dude. This <laughs> that is like my favorite combo. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. After like, yeah, cutting or trying to lean yeah. out. Uh, you know, my favorite thing to do is to drop the reps down uh, and and really just focus again on like building strength and mass and, you know, rest periods. And uh, it complements it very well if you're trying to build. Well, if you if if you're really methodical about this, like like I am when I'm when I'm setting Katrina up, you will you will see gains in your butt and it'll blow you away. If you if you actually tracked your total volume of how much you're training your butt right now. And you go in a cut first, and you do that for maybe a week or two, and you're and you're you're low on your calories, and then you turn around and you switch gears, and then you do like you know a maps aesthetic where your focus is now. So now you're hitting more, you're hitting the butt more frequently, and you're also increasing volume, so you can actually see that, and then you're also adding calories. Oh, watch. Yep. yep. Watch, and watch I, how I, fast you see you see results. And I do butt. think it's fascinating, right? That you know it's considered more aesthetic. <laughs> for women to store body fat in certain areas. And they do studies on this and they find that, you know, women that tend to store more body fat in their lower extremities or their butt tend to have healthier babies uh, also. It's hmm. it, there's a reason why we find things aesthetic again because it's a physical display of health. That's a signal. Now the most unhealthy clients I've ever trained in my entire life, the most unhealthy female clients that I've ever trained in my entire life that were also overweight, they all tended to store all this body fat in their midsection. And they had this kind of apple look where some of them even had skinny legs and this very distended kind of bigger gut. And then I've had other women who I've trained who were also overweight but had better health. And you can see the fat 
you know, distribution is a little bit differently. Some of that's genetics and some of that's hormone. And look, you talk to women, you can talk to women all the time who all of a sudden they go through menopause, they store body fat differently, or they're on birth control, they store body fat differently. So hormones mm -hmm. play a role and hormones, a healthy hormone profile is going to give you a more aesthetic type of fat distribution. And so you want to stay healthy while you're trying to gain weight. And the only way to do that, or the best way to do that, is you still want to eat healthy food. You just want to eat more of it. And you still want to train properly. You don't want to overdo it because you get those stress hormones through the roof. And then your body starts to store it a little differently as well. Next question is from Xenia Rador. How important do you feel it is to be good at something, have a skill, or be an expert at something while building a business? I feel like we live in an era where people expect to get insta-famous without ever really providing any value. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <A lot> of, <laughs> Nailed this happens, it. This happens a lot. Yeah. You know, That's the, all I see these days. You know, here's the problem. Like We go down this rabbit hole of you know, people need to prove that they know what they're talking about before they, they, they promote things or before they start a business. And then, it, then the next question is, well, who determines that? Well, this new agency, this regulatory agency that we've created or these people that now de determine who can say these things. At the end of the day, it's the market that decides right. who has value. And, un and unfortunately, there's false signals with, uh, with social media. So if somebody has 100,000 followers to the average consumer, if it's a fitness person with 100,000 followers, that gives the impression that that person knows what they talk about. They must. They have 100,000 followers. I know a lot of fitness professionals who are extremely intelligent, know a lot about what they're talking about, who have less than a thousand followers, yeah. and I know a lot of people with over a hundred thousand followers who are complete morons, and I would never get, take any of their advice when it comes to, you know, fitness and nutrition. But they got that beautiful yeah. body. But at the end of the day, it's the market that decides. It's funny, you know. I'll give you an example. This is this is this is hilarious. I've been training and I've been in fitness now for over twenty years, and I would say the back half of that, definitely the, after the ten years, but probably after five. I was pretty good. I knew what I was talking about better than the average trainer. I, I put, put a lot of time and effort into learning what I was saying. And there was a certain rate that I could charge and there was a certain perceived authority that I had, but it doesn't even come close to the perceived authority that I have now because I have a podcast and because I have a, you know, a YouTube channel. Now people perceive my authority as being much, much, much higher than ever before. And it's very interesting to me because I'm not that different than I was, you know, four years ago. I, I mean, I know more just because it's been four years later, but it's not dramatically more. I'm just almost as good as I was before. It's that perceived authority that the market. Yeah, but your has knowledge created. is going to cut through. Here, here's the thing. I wish more people, when I get interviewed, uh, I wish we'd spend more time talking about things like this because I think this is such a great topic in the business, and I and I openly share it. And I think that. With the this this era of Instagram and social media, everybody's already going away. Well, so here's here's what happened. And I explained this the other day. Like, and the the value thing is is so important. If you were to if you were to like, let's say somebody who has the exact same business as us, that the way they monetize is the same way we do, but they've got you know three hundred thousand followers on Instagram because they look a certain way. And so far, and so let's say the business is just off and running and they sell 100 programs in a day and I only sell 10 programs in a day. Now, they made way more money. And at first it looks like they might have a better business, but that's, it's false. It's, it's not built on a solid foundation because they're not providing real value potentially because they don't have a true skill in that area. They're not, they're not an expert. They haven't, they're not adding real value. 
they're all hype. They've got people that are looking at them and then they've convinced them real quick to buy something. Well, then what ends up happening? Well, what ends up happening Buyer's is remorse. out of those 100 people that bought, maybe if they're lucky, one or two of them saw a great result. But guess what? The 10 people that bought whatever it was that I was selling, nine of them saw incredible results. And so it's only a matter of time before it's going to, and it's going to take me a little longer because I don't have the same exposure, but it's only a matter of time, but that my nine turns into 18 and then it keeps compounding, compounding. And then it gets to a point where I've changed all these, I've fundamentally changed these people's lives that they're now walking billboards out there talking about the service that I'm providing for them. And this other person who's just hustling people in and out of the door and selling them and making a ton of money, eventually that slows down and dies. And the other person who's building and adding value to people's lives and is truly changing them and helping them, that person just keeps, that keeps compounding and keeps catching up and speeding up. Those are the rules of business that will never change. Right, exactly. It doesn't doesn't matter if there's an Instagram around or not. That's exactly what you had to do when it was brick and mortar is you only had so many people walk through your building. You had to provide a service to those people that they walked out and went, holy fuck! That was uh, th- I got to tell well, my friends. And I'm I'm definitely a glasses half full kind of guy with this topic because I I know that uh, you know when when there's new technology and when there's something new out there that everybody's kind of sifting through and trying to decide like, well, who's right and who's you know giving quality information or who should I believe? You know, the initial reaction is always the the eye candy. It's it's you know it's going to draw you to it. It's like a beacon. You know, you just you can't help it. It's like this primal thing. Like oh wow, like this is flashy. This is this is great. This, is, but you know, like as the smarter people, it, it's like after a certain amount of time, people tend to realize like based off of feedback and based off of everybody's experiences that all comes to surface. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, it's, it's the whole flash in the pan sort of analogy. It's, it's, you know, like it it works initially because this is new. Like people, there's a lot of tricks that you can get away with right now and you can show Photoshop this and you can show, um, you know, me being awesome all the time and everything working out. But then people tend to like they find out like wow that is just a facade. Yeah, that's flash in the, flash in the pan is very very good example, and that's today times ten. Flash you see way more flash in the pan type success today than ever before because social media gives people the the opportunity to explode in popularity, but then fizzle out very quickly because they kind of get found out. It's funny when you examine all the social media platforms; some of them are much easier to fake. Uh, expertise at than other. I, I have to say Instagram is probably the easiest to fake. It's the easiest one to pretend and act like you know what the hell you're doing than say YouTube, which I believe is more difficult because you have to kind of talk and show some content, which is still much easier than podcasting. The reason why you don't see a lot of these Insta, Insta celebrities- well, you can copy paste somebody else's <laughs> shit Listen, and then put a picture in front of it because you love, have a bigger following. I would love to see some of these Insta celebrities who act like they know what they're talking about in fitness conduct a one-hour podcast there you go. and do that every week. Good luck because you know that's it's an the hour- the ultimate of, filter. That's right. Podcasting is a very difficult one to fake. Well, can you fake it? You still can, it's but also it's much why, It's also why all those mediums, okay, those, and this is why I, lo- I wish more people would ask these questions because I would share this stuff. All these mediums have significantly different conversion rates. Podcasting, the highest. Why is it the highest? Because in order for someone to fucking tune in and listen to you for 90 minutes, you probably got to be adding pretty good value to their you lives. You know what you're yeah. talking about. Right, and you got to know what you're talking about. So There's a lot of trust there. Right, and then you then you look at YouTube. 
the next highest conversion rate. And then you look at Instagram, even lower, right? It just keeps getting lower with all these quick, you know, Twitter, even lower. Anything that's yeah. just as fast, instant thing, sure, yeah. you might get the, the quickest attention through those things. But to, to convert and to drive revenue and to build a business around, that's I mean, just because somebody has a few hundred thousand or a million yeah. followers. A, a loyal following. Right, dude. It doesn't... <laughs> It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't matter as much as people think it matters um, to have this, you know, huge following on Instagram. It's a terrible platform to convert revenue. Anyways, yeah. I don't care. And no, somebody who is. tells you it's a good one, it's just just because yeah. they have a million and they're making decent money off of it. That's yeah. not. A I good, would. I would say conversion. Listen to them talk might be a good way. So have they been interviewed on a podcast? Hear what they have to say. Have they written a book? A book is another hard one to fake. Like if you wrote a book. Uh, you might need to know what you're talking about, but you'll know by reading the whole book and seeing what's in there. But at the end of the day, the the you know the the burden is is on the consumer. You have to decide, mm -hmm. you know, who you're going to listen to and what's going to work. And I hate to say it, but if they just have an Instagram page and it's big and that's it, and they're not really doing much else, you probably they're probably full of shit. And, and the reason flags. why I say it, yeah, because. The people I know who have big Instagram pages who also know what they're talking about also do other things to be able to convey that that information. Whereas Instagram is not really the best platform for it. You, you write a little bit on the bottom. Most of these guys don't even do that. It's Listen, just it's, it reminds me of the the rush that went into boot camps, right? I remember when, you know, because I was on the front end of that also, and I saw people doing boot camps. And all these trainers, like it was like this light bulb went off for everybody when the economy started to dip. Like, oh shit, let's get into group classes and drop the rates so now we can still have all these clients. It's, I can make more money per hour. And then all these trainers rushed into this this like newer model. It's been around forever, but I mean, it, it exploded during this, you know, 2005 to 2007 type time. And what you had was just everybody rushing in, running classes, and then doing these circuit-based crush everybody. And I saw that really quick and early on. And the things that I would do with my bootcamp class was different than what everybody else was doing. And the reason why they grew and it was really easy for me to maintain that business was because I wasn't doing what everybody else was doing. Now, a lot of people were having success with that because it was so easy and there was this huge flux. You see that right now with Instagram. You see, oh my God, most of these people that are buying stuff, they want to see this guy or girl ripped or look sexy or look hot. And so they're getting that initial like these people coming in that, oh, my God, that's so and so I follow. And like he looks so amazing or she yeah, we'll looks see so where they're at in five years. Right. Like and and so right now, everybody's kind of it's money. I mean, we saw the opportunity ourselves. It's the reason why we got into podcasting because we went, wow, look at all these these people that are making money off of this and and a lot of them aren't providing really good value all we got to do is come in and actually provide really good value and we're going to suck up all their clients because you know why because even if they bought from them eventually they're going to come looking for the right answer and then they'll yeah. eventually find us and that's where we knew there was an opportunity in this space to come and provide that type of information and i think there still is opportunity in this space i still think we're still dominated by the bullshit which is exciting for mind pump it's the reason why we can produce Project year over year where we're going to be because there's still lots of people that are falling in the trap. Next question is from TDC Fitness Eddie. Why do I need to train internal and external rotation of the shoulder? I bench 325 at 165 pounds. Oh, wow. Oh, you want to stabilize yeah. your shoulder yeah. or not? You Bro, know, that's probably even more important yeah, for someone. Very like important. There's, there are a lot of like these small muscles in the body that don't get much attention or spotlight either because they're not big prime movers so they're not 
the ones that are going to be doing these big lifts or because they're just not these pretty aesthetic looking muscles like the biceps and triceps and, and delts. But these muscles are very important. And when you're a 165 pound guy and you're benching 325, you are extremely strong at a particular in one direction. In one direction, a particular movement. Now, here's what happens when you go generate that strength outside of the control and stability and confines of the bench press. You go out in the real world and you apply that force that you can generate, yeah. but you lack the stability. Go throw a ball to keep your humerus in place to keep your shoulder in place like you do when you're in the bench because I know what happens when you bench right you get on the bench you get all perfect form everything's locked in you move in this particular groove if you move outside that groove by half an inch you're fucked you probably can't lift the weight so everything's perfect you've perfected the movement well you're really really strong at that movement but you go try to apply that force without the stabilizers that can hold it and you're going to hurt yourself it's really no different than throwing a shit ton of horsepower on a car and not mm-hmm. well bolstering right. that, and, that car. And like that analogy, those, those are the most risky people, right? Because you got that much horsepower, you're that strong, you're more likely to get injured than the little weak, frail kid who can only bench press ninety pounds, right? Because you're so strong, it's it, it actually can end up hurting you more. This, I mean, all of my injuries have been exactly because of this. Yeah. Because I get really good at deadlifting, or really good at benching, or really good over. I get really good at the same movement in the same plane, and then I go to do something else that's way lighter, and just and because I'm out of that exact form, it ends up tearing or ends up hurting something. And this is a. Uh, this is definitely Just to keep your bone in, in in the right place, you know, keep it tracking well to keep everything like stabilized through like, you know, if you add more force, uh, even then it's going to improve your bench press. Like, again, with, um, you know, with stabilizing joints, what that allows is for your body to feel like it's even. Uh, like everything's supported, so therefore I can apply more force. It's everything's going to be fine. Like you're you're reiterating that by working on this these little muscles. You, I, my cousin, when when we were kids, we used to you know we'd buy these little rice rocket cars and we'd try and fix them up and go fast. And the way we would race them was we'd race them down the street, going straight right straight down the the road. And I remember my cousin uh, had saved up like fifteen hundred dollars, and he was going to either buy uh, a you know a, some bolt on uh, you know parts to ink prove his horsepower or he could invest in better brakes and better suspension and handling and i remember him saying i don't give a shit about slowing down i just want to go fast and go straight so i can beat you guys (laughs) well he ended up wrecking his car because he had no control or stability over over that power and that's kind of what happens to your body but it's your body it's even worse right it's your and here's the other thing you want to keep in mind as well it's also limiting your strength so however strong you are benching 325 there is a rev limiter that your body has that's natural. Now, you may have been able to tap up against it because you're perfecting your bench press and because you're perfecting your form and you're honing your central nervous system for this one particular movement. But believe me, if you have internal and external rotators that don't match the strength that you you that you can push, you're, you're still limited. I've, I can't tell you. I've had it happen at least a dozen times where I've had an athlete like this come hire me and I'll get their bench press to go up five pounds almost overnight just by strengthening their stabilizers like yeah. we even work on their bench right i just got them stronger at their stabilizers next thing you know five or ten pounds more on the bar uh when they're benching well say Here, yeah so you put like 350 you know like like now i'm i'm i put 350 on the bar and i'm holding that you know what does that feel like where do you feel like you know you're shifting at all like just trying to stabilize mm-hmm. that weight 
Now, now imagine that like it it feels like you have it already, right. you know, versus like oh I have to adjust to this and like you, those little micro adjustments could be, you know, the matter of like you know getting injured or not. Well, here's here's a, a perfect perfect example. Okay, whatever your max deadlift is, let's say your max deadlift is 500 pounds. What are the prime movers on the deadlift? The hips. Hips are the prime movers. You get a lot of back and stuff, but mainly it's isometric. You get a lot of glutes and hamstrings and some quads pushing into the floor and getting you through that hip extension to stand up. So if your max deadlift is 500 pounds, throw a belt on your body. All of a sudden now you're 515. Yeah. Why? Boom. Did I strengthen your prime movers? Not at all. No. All I did was create more stability in your body. Now we we use an external source. I put a belt around your waist and that increases your core stability because your abs push out against it. Now you're more stable. Now your prime movers can generate more strength. So you just got stronger by becoming more stable. Yep. It's no different than right. what we're talking about right here. Now, there's nothing you can wear on your shoulders and whatever except for maybe a bench shirt. But if you strengthen your stabilizers, which include your internal external rotators, your bench press will go right, up. Right, yeah, and, you're, just, and you're protecting yourself at the right. same time. It's a, win, right. it's a win all the way around. I get this a lot, though, from strength athletes, especially like power lifters and you know, strong men and whatnot. And it's like... You, they'll look at like things like mace bell and Indian clubs and stuff like it's silly, like, like waste it, of time. Yeah, it's just silly stuff, and uh, you know this is for like you know the the sort of animal flow, you know mobility people and this and that. Uh, but if if you can actually like just put all that bullshit aside and actually work on it and apply it to you know what what you're actually doing, if if, if strength is the ultimate goal, you know work on that, see what happens. Yeah, you you, you would be uh, shocked and surprised. Happened to me when I was a kid. I, I was well, I would credit Justin to that's what part of why he's probably the best pusher out of all of us is because of all the shoulder stabilization stuff that you do because you do so much movements like that like indian dynamic movements for your shoulder you out push sal and i and all all pushing movements the overhead press the bench press like you've got us on that and you quite frankly put more emphasis and and effort into that part i mean yeah. i i probably lift chests more than you do yeah but you're stronger than i am in that and i mean and to be honest it's probably because you put a lot more yeah. effort and emphasis it was a on learned that. skill it literally took me from i'd get to a point where i'd get to a sticking point where i was like okay, I hit, you know, I got like 350 or whatever and I bench, benched it and I felt great. And then, you know, just adding just five more pounds to that, it was like, okay, now my shoulder's done. Yeah. I would say the the people that that probably need to train their stabilizers the most are the ones that are lifting the most weight. That's the irony of this question. Right, right. Like, right. The, like, That's what I meant. I was like, dude, the, this person is probably- He's got a greater need for it. The than, most at risk, for sure. Oh, right. absolutely. Yeah. And it's not just injury, because I know, look, there's a lot of young guys that are like, I'm not going to get hurt. I don't care. You can't really convince them to do this stuff with the risk of injury type conversation. It's that. It's the whole like, don't go fast, you'll get in an accident. We try and tell a 16-year-old, they're like, fuck it, who cares? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be just fine. So if that doesn't work, just know this. You're not benching as much as you could. But just yeah, know I that. Know, exactly. Just from a performance standpoint. Yeah, you you're almost benching two times your body weight. You're doing pretty fucking good. I'm pretty sure you could add another probably ten to fifteen pounds in a very short period of time without having to focus more on your bench, just by increasing the stability yeah, of your shoulders. Also, I do want to mention two days left for the MAPS Strong Woo! launch. Discount. It's such a badass program. $30 off. People are loving this program. It is very, very different. If you're bored with the traditional workouts and you want to build real muscle and strength, 
with a program that was inspired by strongmen. We wrote it's a it natural with, progression for somebody who just loved Maps Anabolic. Oh if you went God. through Maps Anabolic and you love that, you will love Strong. Maps Anabolic on Roy. Absolutely, yeah. and it's thirty dollars off. You got to use the code Strong Thirty S T R O N G and the number thirty without any space. You got to go to MapsStrong.com. That's M A P S S T R O N G. Dot com. Go check it out. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.